you are listening to the Spine Whisperers podcast. Please know that our doctors are here to only educate, not diagnose on this podcast. If you have any questions, please feel free to find us at www.mfwellness.org. What's up, everybody? It's me, Dr. Josh Fink. Uh, I will be the only one on the podcast today. Um, the other doctors are off actually doing some work, so I kind of snuck in here. There's something I, I wanted to go over for our podcast this week. Um, COVID has understandably dwarfed all of the information coming out in terms of medicine, in terms of rehab, body mechanics, all of it. Now, there's still good research being done, and it's uh, light years different than it was even 10 years ago. But people are so tired of hearing about COVID, so tired of hearing about research that it's, it just doesn't get any press. There's a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you about that inform how we take care of patients in our office, and it has changed a lot of the aspects about what we're able to do here. So we're going to talk about it just real quick. I'm not going to bore you. I've written an entire uh, white paper on it. So typically... Um, white paper is your, uh, when a company has a complicated position or something they want to define, they put out a white paper and that's just a status summary of what position they hold in regards to a particular topic. So I published our white paper um, based on current trends in research and in some of the research coming out. And then um, I want you to know it's at our website. So mfwellness.org and you can find that summary. I'm going to cover just a couple points here because I know you love hearing my voice. So the first part of the paper, I talk about osteoarthritis. So osteoarthritis, you know, we talk about it, medical doctors talk about it, everybody talks about it, but no one can elucidate for you the exact pathophysiology. That is to say, nobody can say exactly how it happens because people don't know, not for sure. Now, we know what the risk factors are, and those risk factors are joint instability, joint trauma, um, some little bit to do with hereditary, but, but by and large, it's the things that happen to you and how you react to it. So osteoarthritis or the joint changes, we used to call it degenerative joint disease or degenerative uh, disc disease when it recurs or intervertebral disc. And those are misnomers now because it's not a disease. Now there's a pathway and now we understand that something is happening. And so it's not just this random thing happening. There's a cause. And if you know the cause, then you can find out a way to fix it. And so of all of those, the primary driver of osteoarthritic change uh, is going to be restriction, instability, trauma. There is an awesome new article that just based uh, came out two years ago on research where they're looking at subclinical inflammation or what they call synovitis. So when you have a joint, just think of, um, think of your vertebra, one vertebra, then a disc, then another vertebra, where those discs hit those vertebra. That's a joint. It's an encapsulated joint. And increase in the pressure inside that joint is called synovitis, where the fluid has a lot of pressure. And that is thought to be the, one of the primary drivers. And that fits exactly right with what we're doing here, where we keep your joints free from restriction. We prevent that synovitis or that inflammation from occurring. And that's how we confidently talk to people about restoring range of motion to the joints and decreasing osteoarthritis. So that's what we're talking about. It's based on that research. I just wanted you to know and understand that when we talk about, when we talk about changing people out of an osteoarthritic restriction. We talk about increasing range of motion. That's specifically what we're referring to. It's not some pie in the sky deal. It's very real. 
And if you regularly check people for joint restriction and joint instability and help them fix their joint trauma, you remove the markers, what they call the biomarkers, for osteoarthritis. That's why that's happening. So that's why we check you regularly because we want to make sure you're not subclinically or secretly developing osteoarthritic change. That's why people that we've been taking care of 15, 20 years do not have active arthritis in their spine. That's why they enjoy these pain-free ranges of motion. That's our objective. So that's the first part. The second part of the white paper, I talk about postural changes. Now, we've all looked at cell phones. We've all looked down at computer screens. That postural change where you tilt your head forward on your neck and where you move your head forward against your body is demonstrating some absolutely devastating effects. So when you look down all the time, you're changing the vestibular system of the brain. You're teaching it that your head has to go forward. Your body then makes that a permanent change. And that has, is being demonstrated to have changes in spinal cord pressure, carotid blood pressure, lung volume, spinal arthritis, muscle pain. There's new studies coming out that talk about changes in critical thinking, depression, and spinal cord inhibition. It's a big deal, you guys. When your head moves forward, and all of ours have the capacity to do that when we're looking down all the time, it changes how you think. And for young people, it's changing ECT scores. It's a big deal. So what we do in the office, we use traction, which is those foam blocks or the, the, uh, uh, the air bladders, and you just lay on it. And it gently stretches those ligaments and teaches your brain what the correct posture is. You can't do it for four hours. You have to do it a little bit at a time all the time to offset that. That's how the body works. Going, doing something, you know, once a week for four hours, that's not going to be able to offset what you do for, you know, 30 or 40 minutes of every hour every single day that you're awake. That's why we do traction so regularly. That's why we encourage people to do traction at home. And that's why we're actually developing a line of traction devices. So I wanted you to understand that. There's a real big deal. And then the last thing I want to talk about is that the several studies talk about disc regeneration. Now, discs, the intervertebral discs of your spine, that's the holy grail of spine nerd technology. And for the longest time, you know, spinal surgeons will tell you, don't come in here for a surgery until you can't even walk, until it's your last resort. And that's because the predictive value of those surgeries is not very high. They can't say for certain that it's going to get better. And so being able to repair discs, to get discs to take up fluid again, has been, you know, like I said, the holy grail. Now, there's a two or three studies that came out in the last couple of years where they're getting discs to regrow by decompressing the discs. What this has been demonstrated to do is it's reducing the risk factors for disc disease, reducing instability, decreasing pain, and that the decompression and rehabilitation can keep those height changes. This is a absolutely massive deal for those of us that are not 20 years old because we've all suffered disc loss secondary to joint restriction and osteoarthritis. So we, we come in, we get the joint moving again, and now we're demonstrating that, oh my gosh, you can get these discs to come back. Now, not fast, of course, because there's nothing comes back fast in the body when you're actually fixing it, but that you can do it. And so long after people are done with pain, we're restoring function, stuff they haven't done in 10 years making them taller, you know, is the, is the running joke. But it's absolutely true that after we start rehabbing your spine, you got to go out and change your car mirrors. you got to adjust them because you're sitting up taller. You're back to the position you were supposed to be at. And now we can confidently say that having that position 
is a good indicator of your lifelong health. And that, my friends, is a big, big deal. So we close, I close our paper by saying, hey, a current evidence-based treatment plan for protection of the spine and nervous system has focused regular decompression of the spine, regular assessment of spinal joints, regular tractioning of the spine, regular review of functional change. What's functional change? Can you breathe deeper? Well, we could document that with spirometry. Is your range of motion greater? We can document that with digital range of motion. Has your height changed? We can document that by using sonar to check your height. Concrete examples of functional physical change we do here. And the frequency that we adjust you is just determined by the original presenting problem, your occupation or your lifestyle, significance of poor ergonomics, and trauma. So somebody that looks down all day long on the computer, seven or eight hours a day, we're seeing those people really regularly to reverse those changes and prevent bad stuff from coming in. So I know it's a little thick, it's a little heavy what we're talking about, but I had to make sure that I came out here and I had a chance to talk to you all about this. It is such a big deal that this evidence-informed changes to the spine, changes to posture. And if you run into doctors and orthopedists and other ones that, that aren't keeping an eye on this stuff, they'll tell you the same old trash that degenerative disc disease comes and there's nothing you can do about it and nobody knows what, you know, all of this stuff or scoliosis can't be fixed, you know, it's just not the case anymore. And so what I want you to do is be aware of this, and we'll be talking to you more about it in the office, but I just want you to know your doctors are out there scouring evidence-based care protocols and incorporating them in the practice. So uh, it's just cool stuff. Anyway, I wanted to geek out for a minute. I'm done geeking out, and then uh, we'll be back next week with a really, really great podcast, and I'm pretty excited about it. So we will talk to you then. Have a great week, and we will see you in the office. And then if you want to see this paper and, more importantly, its reference list or what people of a certain age would call a bibliography, mfwellness.org. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. A big thank you goes to Hug Monster Sound for all the hard work they put into making us sound so great. 